God, dig that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, repeat after me. Sabrina's Dirty Deeds. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Sab. Hello, Jamie. Trying to lock me out today. I walk yeah. up, I open the gate, <laughs> and there's a massive couch in front of the front door. I'm kind of look through. No one's letting me in. I had to barring be like a creeper you. and go around the back. Barring you from the front door, What have Jamie. I done? Uh, <laughs> this is it. Is this where well, you tell me I'm not doing this anymore? I never want to see you again. No, this is the second time you've come and you've bought no beers. You've come from a bloody brewery yeah. and you come just with microphones and a book. Yeah, I apologise. Really. It's bad form, isn't it? So it's very bad form, Jamie. Yeah. Everywhere you go, people expect you to always have... Actually, I've got some in my car. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you I'm want one? into hot beer. No, no, no. no. We'll no, put it in I the freezer and by no. the time we're finished, <laughs> we'll have a drink. Finished? I was thinking maybe during and before. Yeah, yeah. All right, next week, bring beers. I've got to admit, the boss was still in his office. So I didn't want to oh, raid the he? fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a rule. You can take one out when you leave, but... Yeah. yeah. Not a carton. Not a carton. They're <laughs> <laughs> pretty generous office. with their beers, though. Are they? We get a carton allowance. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. 26 a year. Oh, well, that's not too bad. It's pretty good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What is it about my dogs that always find a squeaky ball when we start podcasting? I had a bit of this last week, didn't yeah. we? Where yeah. there was a little bit of running around. I think there was a toy under the couch last yeah. week. And that's yeah. where the... So if you heard the noise in the background last week... Yep. It wasn't you chewing over a bone. There was a couple of dogs <laughs> in the background. So you were barred from coming in because I'm painting the house. Oh, okay. After 18 years. Wow. Yeah. What colour? Uh, well, the painter said, oh, I see you <laughs> was your dad in the army because you've got army green. Right. But I don't think it's really army green. It's more of a... I don't know. I don't know. I can't see colour as well. Co- oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, All looks the same to me, Sav. Sh- Tell me anything. <laughs> It's more of a earthy, deep, sort of pool green. Okay. Mm. Wow. Very nature. Like based. the earth. Like yes. <laughs> That's exactly. Did you right. mood board? Did you did you see a colour specialist? <laughs> what does the colour say about no, you? No, no. What I did was I went to the paint shop and I got about five million colour cards and just yep. went, That's all too hard. Yeah. Um, so I thought I like a couple of these. So I got a few little pots. And painted stripes on the wall to see which one I liked, and the one I liked is the one I've got, That's the which way to is do good because I wasn't sure how it would look. Right. So where I had to go out this morning when I came back, they'd painted half the house. Uh, so it's good that I actually liked it. I oh, see so you're not on the brush yourself, Sab. Oh no, you should see. I painted the inside of the house on Australia Day weekend once, and well, I was painting for hours right. and I, I don't like painting so I had to drink through it. I was going to say, was it, what was the, the, the brush to bottle ratio? Well, Probably. it wasn't good because the next morning when I got up, I had more paint all over the floor than what <laughs> <laughs> was on the walls. So I ended my painting career there and then. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Safer option with the blokes outside. Well, I'm glad you weren't just trying to lock me out and we're still mates. No, no, definitely That's good. not, Jamie. Hey, um, Sab, uh, exciting because Grass Trees Australia uh, are with us for the next few episodes, yeah. which is fantastic. The Grass Trees Specialists, they've got a nursery in Model Grove, which you can check out uh, and you can have a look for more info on the website as well. Um, but kind of more than that, we've brought in one of them. We have. Yeah. Well, in fact, we've brought in two, but one's a bit shy. Oh, okay. One's a bit shy. So we have Harrison and Steph Leader from uh, Grass Trees Australia. And I think these guys are... It's really good to see young people that are doing 
amazing stuff for sustainability and to showcase some of the most spectacular species that we have in Australia. So welcome Harrison. Thank Steph you is very just much for having to, us. She's going to be the wallflower. She'll be she'll be quiet. She's moral support. That moral support. <laughs> yeah, holding your hand just yeah. on the table exactly. there. Yeah. Now good to see you, Harrison. Thanks for coming on board. Um, grass trees, why do you love them? Very unique. The our species over here, the Xanthoria pressii, is only in WA. So there is a few different kinds on the east coast, but our one, the Xanthoria pressii, is just in Perth. Uh, they're very old, so they only grow a centimetre a year. So a lot of the trees that we save are in excess of 100 years old. So it's really good to, to save them, give them a second chance. And they look excellent in gardens as well. So yeah, it's good to make a real feature out of them. Can you repeat how far they grow in a year? How, what's, the di- what's the height? In the bush, it's yeah. a centimetre a year. Wow. In your garden with the right water and fertiliser, it's more like three or four centimetres a year. It's like they're on steroids. They grow a little bit quicker. But, yes, a lot of the ones we've got are yeah, over 100 years old. So Wow. Kind of like the tortoise of the plant world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, you talked about how old they are and how long they live. If I'm driving around a suburb and I see a grass tree, what are the odds on how long that's been around for? Well before there was probably white men in Australia. Yep. Right. A lot of the ones we've got over two metres tall as well. So the age in them, even before Australia was federated. So, yeah. Wow. Long before us. So what's the deal? Like a lot of people, because um, I get a lot of phone calls saying, oh, we've got grass trees on the block and we want to dig them up and move them somewhere else. So just what is the deal about transplanting grass trees and and so what process do you guys go through it's always best to get a professional to do it i'll say that from the from the get-go if you do it yourself you're looking at about a 30 percent success rate Mm. and with the age of the trees it's a shame to see them see them die when you're directly relocating them you're looking to take as much of the root ball as possible the best method is to dig them out and stabilize them in a bag So that's predominantly what we do. We dig them out, hold them for at least 12 months in a bag. That way they can grow an entirely new root system and they're pretty well established before they go back into the ground. They're a lot more water-wise and a lot more hardy that way as well. Right. So it must be a scary thing though. You're digging up a plant that could have been in that spot for a couple of hundred years, uh, bringing it back into a nursery and putting it in a bag, but it's a bit more than that isn't it yes yeah it's a a lot more than that and we've got lots of practice so grass trees australia has been operating for about 30 years Uh, we've had it for about nine years now and we're constantly perfecting the process so yeah it's always getting better the tree quality is getting better and um yeah the mortality rate is getting a lot better as well so what happens with a lot of those grass trees you see it when um there's new areas being developed and in Western Australia, we're one of the few states where you can do what I call landscaping, where you take out the entire area of anything on top. If it wasn't for you guys getting the grass trees, what would happen with them? They just get put through mulches and it still happens mm. far too often. Quite often we see like piles of thousands of them just getting put through a chipper. And obviously we've got the process of rehoming them. So it is a, a real shame to see that. Do we take them for granted a bit? A little bit, I reckon so. The The popularity of them is growing and a lot of the developers are getting much, much better. Uh, we've always had a few that we work very closely with who realise the importance and significance of the trees 
and quite often we actually go in before the uh, the demolition happens, ah. take the trees out, hold them at the nursery, and then once the new housing estates are built, they're put back in as features in median strips, front yards, everything like that. Once you've dug them up, what goes on back at the, the nursery to, to, to bring them back to their health and how long can that process take? It's a lot of hard work. So we're out there obviously every single day where they're taking care of the trees. The fertilisation is extremely important. The process of how they're dug out is really the, the be-all and end-all as well. If you dig them out poorly, they're not going to live much like anything, I suppose, in that regard. Yeah. Water is the big thing for them as well. There's a general misconception that grass trees like heaps of water and they don't. As I said before, they sit out in the bush for decades getting nothing. So to give them 100 litres a day, it's like us sticking our head in a bucket really and wondering why we don't look so good after a while. So obviously there's for anything that's so long-lived, there must be an association that the roots of the tree has with the soil. Can you talk a little bit about that? So grass trees shed and regrow roots every season. So a tree that's 100 years old won't have roots that are 100 years old. They do sort of replace it. What we do with the fertiliser has got the microbes in it and things like that and holding them in the bag allows that microbe growth as well before we reinstall them. So yeah, the roots, because they grow every season, it's not essential to keep them in excellent health. It's more a case of growing them to a, a state that we're happy with them before they go back in. And do you prune them? The roots... Yes, after root hormones are added, which changes oh. site to site and, you know, different times of years. Right. So is that about just giving a bit more strength before you, you go in there? And exactly. Away? Yeah, yeah. What we do is treat them so they start growing smaller new roots before we dig them out, which is a real key to what we do. Are they, are they becoming more popular? Uh, you know, I think of my own childhood and I remember them at school. You know, that's the big memory for me. Um, mm. And I kind of remember seeing them everywhere. But are we starting to maybe... Um, move on a little bit, understand the history and are they, are they kind of coming back in vogue a bit? Yeah, as I said before, I think people are a lot more aware of the trees and the, the age of them and how good they can look in gardens as well, especially a lot of our people sort of underlight them at night time and it casts an excellent shadow. It's yeah, almost cool. like buying a, a living feature. Yeah, yep. so because they are so sculptural. Yes, yeah. They're interesting because they're a little bit like a boab tree in that you never, ever see the same shape. In a grass tree. Exactly, yeah. Some correct. of them are pretty wacko. Like I've seen ones that have seven heads on them. Yes, yep. So we've got one at the yard that's about four metres tall and it's got over ten heads. So oh, there's definitely nothing wow. like that has ever existed or will ever exist again. So they, each tree is unique. Even the single headers, they're different thickness. They've got kinks in the trunk. So every single grass tree is unique. Do you have a favourite down at the yard at the moment? Or is that like... It was at the yard for a short bit. time. That's yeah. at my house now. <laughs> you get the best one. Yes, yeah. That yeah. one's just by the front door so I can see it every day and make sure it's in perfect health. Yeah. But yeah, we do get attached to them. Holding them for the for the 12 months, it's hard not to get attached to the trees. Do you drive around and see them and just jump out of the car and double check it's in good nick? Yeah, some of my mates think I'm a bit of a bit of a weirdo driving yeah. around and always say, oh, look at that one. That's a ripper, that tree. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're always keeping an eye out for... For grass trees. You live it and breathe it. Yeah. Yep. So what if I go to Grass Trees Australia and I buy a grass tree and let's say it's two metres, three me two metres tall and about a metre wide. Mm -hmm. That's a big one because I like big. That's massive. That's yeah. massive. <laughs> That's been so, there for a while. So, so I've invested in this tree. Now, 
Do you do you guys also plant it because they weigh an absolute ton? Yes, yep. So we offer a delivery and installation service. So it depends on where you live, obviously, and the access. Usually, one that size we do require higher access because yeah. it would weigh close to a ton. Yeah. But we offer a twelve-month conditional warranty on all the stock that we deliver and install. So if you have any issues, you can contact myself or Stephanie. Yeah in the office and yeah first things first we'll try and get it back to health but if it does happen to fail for whatever reason we warrant the tree because it is an investment at the end of the day and what do you so presumably you need to so it'll have to have some water and i presume it'll have to have some fertilizer so how would people look after it so it depends on the size of the tree for a very large one like you're talking about would need a bit of water Dogs are pretty happy with that one too. They, uh, when it comes to their grass trees, they're very passionate. Sab's literally chasing dogs out the back now, so that's funny. That was a good. That's the there first time go. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Back to the question anyway. <laughs> with the watering and fertilizer, it depends tree to tree. We always recommend uh, purchasing from a reputable licensed supplier. You should get instructions exactly what to do. For our trees, one that size, it's about 50, 60 litres delivered just once a week. Right. Because they've been nursery stabilised, they've got the new roots. They're pretty well established before they go in. In terms of fertilisation, you're just looking at something really gentle. So we work closely with Nutrog, who've come up with a product called Seamungus, which is like sea salt but pelletised, so it takes a a lot longer to dissipate through the soil and gives the tree more of a chance at actually getting the food. Yep. And what about pest and disease issues? Are there... The biggest issue is scale, which your lovely grass tree out the front has got a touch of as well. Yeah, well, you should have seen it a couple of years ago, <laughs> Harrison. It was covered in it. So the best way to treat scale is just with a solution of white oil. So we recommend mixing it at 20 grams per litre with petroleum oil, the active constituent. Yeah. So there's a few products you can buy straight from Bunnings that are mixed to that. So yep. Brunnings white oil is one of those. The other one is pest oil by Yates. Yep. A lot of the natural remedies, they're just not thick enough to actually stick to the grass tree foliage so they don't effectively treat the infection. But if they get really bad like your one out the front, yep. like snow in the top yeah, of the grass tree, it was, yeah. the best thing to do is just to cut the head of foliage completely off and that way no foliage, no infection. You're going to put Harrison to work after this, aren't you, to fix that one up? No, That's no, the plan, you, isn't it? No, so, you know what I did? No. Like Harrison reckons he can see it now, if he could have seen it a couple of years ago. Um, so what I did was absolutely nothing. Yes, yep. So they do have somewhat of an immune system, the really healthy trees, and can ward off the infection on their own. But obviously you don't want to take that risk if you've only got one or two in the garden. Yeah, yeah. How many can you have? How many is too many? How many you got at your place? I've got. I've only got two at my place because yeah. I've got a, a new got house at the one. moment. Our um our record for a, a public client, I think they had thirty five at their wow. their house. Wowzers. So it was a grass tree palace that one. Oh, but yeah, beautiful. they look spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Is there a bit of a, a a black market for these trees? Do you find people trying to sell them off on I don't know Gumtree or? Facebook marketplace and maybe not selling them in the condition that they should be? There is, and that's something that's popped up a lot more, obviously, with Facebook marketplace mm. and things like that. Um, what we recommend, as I said before, is always to purchase from a licensed, reputable supplier. If a, if a grass tree is very cheap, there's a reason at the end of the day. And the age of the trees, it's a real shame when you see these cowboys out there yeah. digging them up. They've got no idea what they're doing and they're selling to selling the trees to you cheaper but 
they're guaranteed to fail. So you might as well just plant your money in the ground. Yeah, really. too good to be true. You get what you pay for. Exactly, exactly. You yeah. should get a warranty with a grass tree. If you're not getting a warranty, then yeah, I wouldn't buy one. Go yeah. somewhere else. Do, yeah. you, do you think about the, the history when, when a new one comes in or maybe when you're transplanting one and think about, I don't know, all the things it's seen around it? Or am I just getting too romantic? No, 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 tree? not at all, not at all. You're looking at me like a weirdo, Sam. Oh, Jamie, I didn't know you had that romantic side. Don't tell anyone. I'm tough. Yeah. <laughs> no, some of the extraction sites, obviously, we go to inspect the trees before we um, we dig them out. And, yeah, it's a, when you go there and they're all three metres tall and multi-limbed, it's, it's amazing to think how long they've been in that position just happily going about their business while mm. the world has changed around them. Yeah. Now, fire. I want to talk about fire. Oh, you knew you were going to get this question. The old grass tree yeah, <laughs> yeah, myth, yeah. you've got to burn them. <laughs> it's just not true, that one. Right. So um, it's very, it's amazing watching them on fire. Though. Oh, yeah, they it's, go up. <laughs> they explode. How do you know that, Sab? <laughs> well, um, just an experiment right. once okay. uh, on a grass tree that I had, actually the one that's out the front that looks half dead. But that's only because the tree limb fell on it. Uh, so I did experiment with it um, to see. I wanted to watch it burn, basically, because well, there's two you reasons. For that. Yeah, <laughs> watch the world <laughs> burn. Because I do landscaping, and for people on rural areas, it's really important not to have plants close to the house that are <laughs> that flammable. So it was basically to see how quickly they burnt and for how long it burned. But th- it didn't kill the tree, I have to say. Yes, if the fire gets too hot, it will kill the tree. So we always recommend, essentially, you're only burning it for two main positives. It provides a little bit of fertilisation and it gets that thatch load off the trunk. Yeah. So if your tree is under a metre and a half, there's no real health benefits of burning it. If you've got a massive two, three metre grass tree with three or four heads, you want to keep the thatch load off the trunk. So if all of that weight load quite often it can just snap a limb yeah. of the tree and off. I've seen that. I've seen whole limbs dropping off. Yeah, so it is really beneficial for those ones, especially if they're out in the bush, no one's out there trimming them. Yeah. So they need the fires coming through to stay alive. In your yard, though, if you've only got one or two, we recommend just to prune them and then fertilise it as we recommended before. And essentially you're getting all of the benefits of burning, but there's no risk that the tree is going to die. So a lot of people that ring up are terrified to prune their grass trees. How come? Um, well, because they know that it's at least 100 years old right. and they're terrified if they prune it too hard, it's going to kill it. So how hard can you prune a grass tree? There is a level. You'll get back and you can see a sort of crosshatch right against the trunk. You'll know that you've hit the right level when you've got to it. If you do happen to go too deep, it's not going to kill the tree necessarily. Grass trees excrete resin, which seal the wounds on them. So... We had a gentleman who tried to save a few dollars by pruning his own tree with an axe (gasps) and cut into it. It was a bit Texas Chainsaw Massacre horror movie when we got there, but the resin had completely sealed it over. And in one section, he'd completely taken a chunk of the the trunk away. You could see the core of the tree. And it had just sealed itself over with the resin. So they're pretty resilient buggers by the yeah. sound of it. Yes, once yeah. you get them in and stabilised, they're bulletproof. But what about the head? How much of the fronds can you prune off? We recommend 
nothing. None. None. Why? Cream, yeah. Why right. would you mushrooming, as we call it, cutting them back just with a little bit of green? It just limits the amount of water that they can transpire from around the root ball. Okay. And then you run into issues of uh, wet feet and overwatering, which is really the the biggest killer of grass trees. And what happens when the parrots come in and they dig all the top of your grass tree <laughs> out, little mongols? We can't condone it, but there's yeah. air rifles and things <laughs> like that that could help. <laughs> Because I've, I've got a friend that's got a paddock full of them and, and she's lost quite a few. because the, So I don't know why the parrots are attracted to the top of the grass tree in the first place. Right down in the centre where the new growth is, just underneath, there is a section which you can eat. Yeah. So the, the Aboriginals have mm. fed on that for as long as I've been in, in Australia. Well, yeah. here forever really. But um, yeah, it tastes a little bit like carrot and potato mixed together. But, yeah, that's probably what the, the parrots are after. Yeah, right. How significant are grass trees in Indigenous culture and have they been through history? They're huge. So we run cultural awareness courses with all of our staff. We're um, very lucky to know one of the Noongar emerging elders. I actually play football with him. So we get him down to have a bit of a chat to the, the guys down at work and just run them, run them through the significance, the uses of the tree as well. So the resin that I mentioned before, they use that as glue. Then obviously feeding on them. The Noongar tribes as well, they actually use them as landmarks. So if the Xanthari oh. oppressi is there, then it's Noongar land. Yeah, oh, right. wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes, yeah. I know that they have many uses for, for the grass tree. And I presume it would be the same with the Xanthariers that are over on the eastern um, Yes, yeah. Well. So although there's slight differences, the structure of the tree is very similar in terms of the the resin and the fact that you can eat the tops of them and things like that so do they cross hybridize they do yeah there's oh. a few in wa that we've got they're not quite xanthria pressii they're oh. not quite glaucus or johnsonii there's something in between but there hasn't been too much research into that and actually defining the cross right. hybrids yeah amazing mm. About just, your interest, yeah, yeah. So I think um, from a landscaping point of view, uh, I'm seeing uh, grass trees used more and more as statement plants. Yes, yep. Um, so it's really wonderful to see that. And if you go, you know, if you go to Grass Trees Australia, you actually get to see just the variation in them. And so, do people come in mind with they want short and squat or tall and thin or a lot of people want the perfect Y-shape meter double. Okay. Unfortunately, we can't grow them in moulds, otherwise we would because that's <laughs> what yeah. 90% of the clients are chasing. <laughs> but yeah, we've got about 600 to choose from in our sales yard and about 8,000 in bags. So we've got quite a large range. So usually we can feel what clients are chasing. Yeah. But yeah, it's always best to come in and have a bit of a wander and get a bit of a, a feel for the trees. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe bring a photo of the area. I don't know. I think there's something in that unique side that makes it a bit more special. Like yours is different to the yeah. bloke next door yeah. or the guy down the yeah. street. I think that's cool. And houses these days are all quite square and straight. So to have a, a bendy grass tree out the front, it yeah. sort of finishes the picture off perfectly. Let's get some angles. Exactly. And do, do you do king ears, which they call the slender grass tree, but right. it's actually a different species entirely. Yes, that's correct. So we've got a very limited number of them. We've probably only got about 50 or 60 of them currently at the nursery. They're a lot trickier to move and a lot harder to come across as well. Yeah. Uh, King ears, usually they stick to the more gravelly land, so it makes them nice and easy to dig out. And obviously when we're extracting, minimal root damage is usually the key. 
So they are harder to transplant. But yeah, we do have a few of them and they're amazing plants as well. How funny. They have the, like these really weird, punky little... little um, it's a, like little a, dumbbell, like, yeah, yeah dumbbell. Shrek ears coming out the top. <laughs> yeah, right. And they're really quite thin, you know, they're very tall and slender. Yes. Um, and you see them... Why do grass trees and king ears, why do you see them growing in clumps? So the flower stalk that they both produce, the king ear has multiple flower stalks, a little dumbbell-shaped ones, whereas the grass tree's got the, the big straight spear that everyone knows. That's where the seeds are. So they're black, flat seeds, and they just blow in the wind, which is why they, they grow in clumps. Ah. So yeah, usually there's always one grass tree which is significantly taller than the other, and that's the big granddaddy one. And then all the other ones are his offspring around it, essentially. Right. Because mm. you have to, you spend so much time bringing them back to, to good health. And, you know, you obviously need a fair bit of space where you are to, to be able to do that. But do you get people kind of walking through and peering over a fence and going, I want that one? And, you know, you're having to say, well, I've got to wait another six months. Yes, yep. So, as I said before, we've got a sales yard, which all the ones in there are ready to go yep a lot of what we do is actually if you've got one in your yard that you really really like and you want to reposition it while you rebuild or something like that we offer a service of coming out digging the tree holding it for the 12 months and then reinstalling it once you've finished your renovations or anything like that okay that's a good idea is there a health test you can do just to to find out if the one at your place is in good enough nick so the main thing is the new growth. That's the, the heart of the tree. If you just check down in there, there should be lots of new growth pushing through and it should be a nice pale green colour, free from any white or black dots. But as long as there's new growth, there's hope. Even if you've got a sick grass tree, if the new growth he is healthy... He looked at me when he said that. It can I come did. back. I have got one, sick one. He did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's right out there at the front, isn't it? So you can't hide Hard it, to miss so. it. Yeah. It's actually right where they park their car. <laughs> it's a bad advertisement parking next to that one, yeah. actually. Oh, that's a bit hard. That's funny. <laughs> Cop that. But it's got the new growth, so we'll get it back looking as it should. Where there's new growth, ah, there's hope, Sabrina. I know, I See? know. See, I'm learning. Lucky I, we don't do the I podcast do. at my place. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to do that one day, though. No, no, yeah. that's not a we're, great we're idea. We're going to go, look at, look at the design ideas we could implement here. Yeah, there that's you go. That's what we'll do, yeah, that we'll one. Get to work. <laughs> I like it. You say this because a lot of people, you know, come to you and they want a grass tree at their place or it might be, you know, with a business or a development or something like that. But are you noticing that there's a growing range of people who are wanting to go back to, to kind of more native flora at their place and rather than the traditional garden that many of us might be used to? Definitely. And I think that's a case of everyone's a bit more busy these days. So with grass trees, they're really low maintenance. So a lot of the native gardens, people just want to, set their retic to come on twice a week. There's no trimming or pruning that you have to do with a grass tree. So you can just put them there, do your own thing and appreciate them when you leave the house and come back at night. How often would you fertilise them? Every three to four months is what we recommend. If you've got one in your garden that's been there since you moved into your house, the best thing to do is just leave it alone. Mm -hmm. But if you have just moved one, every three to four months just keeps the foliage in perfect condition. And how much water? How often? So how often a week? I know it depends on the soil type and the size of, you know, the grass tree. But say one that's been there for a year. Yep. So for a year, they take two summers once they've been moved to, to fully establish. So we just recommend, again, depending on the size, 50 litres once per week is enough for a good 80% of grass trees out okay. there, depending on the soil type. 
Yeah. And what about mulch? Will they take mulch or not? Not right up to the base of the trunk mm. because the grass tree trunk is essentially wood. Wood against wood can rot the trunk out. So yep. we recommend a stone ground cover. So cracked pea gravel looks really good. Yeah. The, um, the red and the black and the green goes well together. But yeah, any stone is fine to use. Now, I know this is a really dumb question, but I have been asked this several times. So I'm going to put the question to you so that you know what I have to put up with sometimes, Harrison. Yes. The question is, why, why are grass trees black? Because they've been burnt in the fire. Yes. So one would think that's fairly obvious. How, how often do you reckon you've been asked that one, Sab? Uh, at least ten times, I reckon. Okay. That puts that to bed, Sab. Well, radio. so just one last question, Harrison. Have you got any, you know, like big picture? Are we going to see grass trees immigrate outside Australia to other countries? So we have started to, to dabble in the uh, international export market, but like anything, there is a few teething problems with uh, quarantine issues and things like that. But yeah, long term, it would be great to see them worldwide and yeah, in some other landscapes would be very exciting. Mm. It's a good advertisement for, for Perth because the trees, uh, Xanthria pressia, only grow in Perth, so it's good to, to export that. Um, so yeah, it's very exciting. Obviously, the more trees we can save, the better at the end of the day, so that's really what we're, what we're about. What about a few at the airport, just so, you know, international travellers see them as they We've come into We've got a couple town. at the airport now. Oh, really? The, Already? Uh, the international landing, so you have to keep an eye out for them next time you're there. Yeah. But yeah, obviously the more we can make a feature out of them and, and showcase them, the, yeah. the better. Clearly haven't been taking enough international holidays. Oh, no. <laughs> so thank you for that, Harrison. That's going to change. Well, now I feel bad about the, uh, the ailing grass tree that's right, they parked right next to it. They couldn't really miss it when they came to my place. Yeah, I'm just happy that you've you've, you've got a problem. Is that bad? <laughs> yeah, thanks for your support, Jamie. <laughs> I do love you, but, you know, it kind of warms my heart a little bit that Sabrina Hahn has something in her garden that's not perfect. It's still got the new growth, so there is hope. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely we'll get out there and have a look when we wind up here and get it back looking as well, it should. I'm going to issue a challenge, okay? So, oh, Sabrina, I reckon... Yes. Uh, let's let's touch base in what a month. Give Sab a month to get her going. Easy done. Okay. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Challenge challenge on. Jane. All right. Challenge and you on. might throw one back my way in the <laughs> next few weeks, which I'm a little bit nervous about. Um, Harrison Leader, so good to see you. So good to talk grass trees as well, uh, and to see the work that Grass Trees Australia are doing. Um, head out to the nursery in Waddle Grove for a look. Plenty there, uh, and also you can head to the website for more information as well. Grasstrees.com. Dot au. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It's uh, it's been a blast. So yeah, cheers. Been fabulous. I'm going to go hide that grass tree now. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>